up, homies? Welcome back to the Wednesday NBA Hoops at Lunch show. It's a 10-game slate in the NBA tonight. There's only two more days of the NBA before the All-Star break, which low-key is one of my like favorite events in sports. But I got the homie David Troy back here to help me break down, I think, all 10 games. That's usually what we do here. Uh, and we also don't do a pre-production meeting, so I don't really know how this is going to go. David, what's <laughs> up, buddy? <laughs> How's it going, man? I'm uh, I'm excited to run through this entire slate with you. I actually That's don't have doing. as much on everything, so all right, it, it might be a little shorter for everybody out there. Uh, hopefully, we don't spend too much time on the San Antonio Spurs Charlotte Hornets game because I don't think either team wants to win. So yeah. one of them is gonna have to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. Do you feel me on the NBA yeah. All Star Weekend? I never like I. It's gotten worse. It's not nearly as good as it was in the 90s and when we were growing up, granted, but it's still like NBA All-Star Week is still my shit. I'm still going to get pizza. I'm still going to get beer. I'm still going to party probably by myself this year, but I love it. Are you, are so, you, a, are you going to bet on it? Do you watch it? What are your thoughts? So I do bet on it. I, I bet on the three point competition and I bet on uh, the slam dunk contest. I don't do almost anything with the uh, All-Star game other than maybe the MVP and I think I've only done that publicly twice, and I think I'm one for two. Um, I thought LeBron was going to win it last year when they were in Cleveland because, well, obvious reasons, but uh, Steph went nuts and he took it home. But um, I, I actually do really like the All-Star Weekend, aside from like the bullshit celebrity challenge and I think the skills challenge. I don't even know if they're doing it this year, but it's pretty stupid. Like, Let's have them run around defenders and see how fast they can dribble past stands or cardboard cutouts like it's kind of pointless um <laughs> i hear but you. nonetheless like i mean yeah the dunk contest has lost some luster because nobody popular is doing it. i mean they're literally bringing up somebody from the g league to do it because they want to make mac mcclung a thing in the nba like it's it's a joke um but the three-point contest could be kind of cool uh at this point i think they should do like different things with it like have further back shots maybe um give people like i don't know a minute and a half and say like you can shoot from different places like half court gives you four points or something who knows but you know something with some of the range that some of these guys have i think they could make some of this stuff a little bit more interesting i've always thought the idea of the one-on-one tournament would have been the best thing that they could do cool now, that was a good but, idea. Yeah, I hated yeah. everything you said before that, but I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Just, I, I love, like, the old school three-point contest. Five ball. There's five balls in a money ball, right? Yeah. It, the, uh, five no, racks? Five balls total with a money ball in one. There are five racks, yeah. But there's only no, five balls per rack. The highest score you could get was a 30. Okay. Yeah, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, five balls, one was a money ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss yeah. that. I don't like the one rack as a money ball situation and that shit that you're talking about where you shoot from the stands or it turns into horse. I would I would get into get-off-my-lawn territory real fast with that. <laughs> did you watch the horse competition that they did during COVID? That was awful. I didn't, no. No, I didn't see it, that. That one, uh, so... This is one of my biggest gambling mistakes I've ever had, and I was so disappointed in it. I think I bet on, I think it was Trey Young, maybe. I don't remember exactly who it was, but like Allie Quigley was in it from the WNBA, and uh, 
I think it was Trey Young and maybe like Zach Levine and yeah, Zach that Zach was definitely in it. Mike Connolly won it. He was the only person who had an indoor hoop. If I knew he was the only person with an indoor hoop, I knew he was gonna win in a heartbeat. Yeah. Everybody else had to deal with being outside and everything else. Right. I think it was like Levine versus uh Connolly in the championship or something like that. Um and I actually maybe it was Levine that I picked, I can't remember. Because I figured he was gonna do like crazy layups or something. And still like a 360 dunk. Connolly can't yeah. do that shit. Right. No. And it was just, it was awful. Connolly like killed everybody because again, he had an indoor court that he didn't have to worry about. Ellie Quigley, I think was shooting on like one of those roll away hoops <laughs> that you grow up with. So. Oh, it was like a zoo meeting. Yeah. It was nuts. Holy yeah. shit. How do I, how did I miss this? I don't know. It was, it was not good though. I probably would have lost was... money on it though. So I'm happy I didn't. this is happening yeah Yeah. um the skills competition i kind of like it's a nice little appetizer leading into the other stuff the uh, this year it's it's there's three teams it's team antikatumpa i can't pronounce it but it's Giannis and his two brothers (laughs) and there's team utah jazz (laughs) jazz get laurie markin and clarkson and Colin Sexton. I can't remember who the third team is. Team rookies. Team rookies. It's had- usually better, honestly. I noticed this. I think DeMontis Sabonis Carl, and Carl Anthony Towns recently won it. And the bigs are considered, they're usually the longer shots in these markets because it's, you know, the thought is like the, the guards will get up and down the court quicker. They'll hit the they'll hit the pass uh, obstacle easier in the bigs, and they could probably shoot from the outside better. And almost literally none of that is true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that they're faster, sure, that's it. But even that, it's kind of like, like these guys with like like how many more steps does Colin Sexton need to take than Demontis Sabonis or Giannis? Like Giannis is going to be doing one crossover and he's by that little obstacle, and then another crossover he's by the other one, like. He's going to get through it so fast. He, he might not hit the shot or the pass as quickly, but so I think usually like the sharp angle, if I don't know, it sounds cheesy calling it that way, calling it that, but I think it's like if you get a Carl Anthony Towns, a Jokic, just a bonus, just a skilled big man, because they're usually like, I, I think Carl Anthony Town won it at plus 1,000. It's like, whoa. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Plus 1,000. I think it was six men back then, too. It's like, plus 1,000, six dudes. Like, all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It almost, it almost always came down to, like, the bounce pass or if you hit your first three. Yeah. Like, and that's, if you if you got the bounce pass in right away and you hit your first three, you were basically, like, a finalist or the winner. And I don't remember who he competed with, but, like, Sabonis. Like, say it's Sabonis versus Jordan Clarkson. Sabonis is a much better passer than, than Jordan Clarkson. Does Jordan Clarkson yeah. even practice pack, passing? I don't <laughs> think he does. That guy is just all off or all sh- scoring. Yeah. Well, last year I think it was the team Antetokounmpo versus Cleveland in the finals or whatever it was, and they lost. Antetokounmpo lost. And now this year they're back. And then you have the team Jazz, which is Jordan Clarkson, Walker Kessler, and Colin Sexton. And then the rookies are Paulo Banchero, Jaden Ivey, and Jabari Smith Jr. I actually think that the rookies are probably the best choice here. That I'm telling you, they're going to be the favorite. I might go Utah they're Jazz. Not. Do you, oh, do you the have rookies, the odds? 
Yeah, Jazz are minus 120, rookies are plus 140, and Giannis, uh, or Team Antetokounmpo, sorry, is uh, plus 475. Whoa, wait a second. That's a good number. <laughs> yeah, well, for, for the team that was in there last year, and they all did it, and what else do the Antetokounmpo's have to practice other than right. for this thing? This is those their two, 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> no, the, those other two guys are doing literally nothing but sitting on a bench, so... And we've seen, at least in the NBA Finals, you need to win or you need to lose a couple before you win one. So maybe that's right. That's all it is. <laughs> maybe the skills competition, it's like an ex- yeah. the experience factor, will end up winning this for the I can't even pronounce their names. The the Greek freaks, we'll call them. I'll tell you who I'm picking for the three point contest. That's my boy Kevin Horder. Me and him actually went to the same high school, so I'm a I'm a Horder stan. Um, yeah, he went I like to. Him too. Yeah, I know. I saw you. You you tweeted out this morning, right? You were you were looking at him and and who else? Uh, Dame I Dame time, I think. Yeah, and, um, yeah. I, I will remember. not take Halliburton. That was the other part I said in there. I was surprised that he he's plus six hundred. It just seems way too low for, for him. He's he has a really awkward looking shot. I watch. He probably goes and wins it, but he's one guy I definitely wouldn't touch. I I don't think I touch Buddy Heald either. Hey, dude, where do you have the odds? Are they on DraftKings yet? So I actually saw them from the uh, Miami Heat beat reporter. That's where I saw the list of them. Um, I don't see them on DraftKings right now. The only thing I see are skills challenge and then the first starter picked, which is interesting in some ways. Who's who's the favorite for that one? Luca. Oh, I don't hate it. Well, I would yeah. say him or, or Jokic, right? I mean, those are probably the guys that people want to play with. Well, you would. So it's actually Embiid is second. Oh, okay. So I'll run down really quick. It's Luka plus 310, Embiid plus 400, Irving plus 425, Tatum 425, Jokic 450, Morant 800, Mitchell 1400, Markkanen 51. So Where was Jokic? Uh, he is fifth. So Giannis and, and uh, LeBron are one and two uh, automatically. Like yeah, they're, they're drafting. They're the captains of the team. Yeah. So next you just have to figure out who's drafting first, which I'm not sure if they flip a coin or whatever. I, I just don't know. Um, but if LeBron gets the first pick, I can't imagine he's going to take Kyrie after no. the trade, right? And I doubt that he's going to take Luca. I would imagine he probably takes somebody in the East because he's not going to want somebody from the West on his team. So I would think he probably takes like Embiid or Tatum. That would be my guess. And then Ooh. I think I it know. might be Tatum. Actually, I like that because he might look at him as like someone he is passing the torch off to another another okay. another wing. Who yeah. is going to be a contender in the in, for the finals for the next ten years? Yeah, and then as far as Giannis, I I think Giannis. I don't know who the hell Giannis would even pick. I, I'd have to look back and see who they picked last time. I think they were both captains last year too. Um, do you, so? I could see it be, being Luca. Do you think he'd have any beef with him or with Jokic in the sense that it's like Jokic has won the last two MVPs, Giannis won the two prior, so he might not want to pick him based on that, giving Luka the edge? Or do you think he doesn't care about that and he's like thinking like, well, wait a second, 
if I draft Jokic and we have the last four MVPs on my team? I don't know. I mean, Giannis seems like he just has fun with everything. So, I I don't know. I don't know who. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. All right. Whatever. Um, I agree Embiid with Luka and, being the favorite. As much of a cop-out answer as that is, I, I don't know. It makes Embiid the most sense. Giannis, Embiid and Giannis were picked first last year. I don't know which order it was. I think it was uh, LeBron picking Giannis first, but then Embiid got picked by Durant. Who the? Oh, yeah, yeah. Durant was the other captain. That's right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So I, I got to be honest, if I... I think Jason. I, I would. I would probably place two bets and be on Luca and Jason Tatum and expect a payout. Well, what's Luca's plus three twenty five? Yeah. And what's, no three t- three ten. <laughs> what's uh, what's Jason Tatum? Four twenty five. Oh. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh. All right. Well, let's start running through the slate. What do you say? Yeah. Sounds good. We wasted enough time. It wasn't a waste. It was fun. Uh, all right first game speaking of wasting time san antonio spurs getting seven (laughs) points at the charlotte hornets totals 243 and a half feels pretty heavy a little too high to be honest but there's more juice on the over so the, the market seems to believe it's not enough both offense both defenses are terrible but like how stoked are we about either offense right like how many backups are in the game for San Antonio? You got Kelvin Johnson, and then I mean, most of their team is backups. And then in Charlotte, you got Terry Rozier, who can't do anything besides score. Amoa Ball, who's allergic to defense. Gordon Hayward, who really isn't good at anything. I don't know. I, I got nothing on this game, if I'm being honest. Um, and yeah, every time I, I bet a Terry Rozier game, that guy ruins my night. So. <laughs> it, he must, because you bring that up every time he's not yeah. mentioning his name. <laughs> I'm just I'm looking at the NBA lineups on RotoWire, and like as I scan the sheet, his name just for whatever reason has is bigger font. It's just like God yeah. damn it, he's playing tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, well this uh, is a stay away from me. What do you got here? Yeah, I don't have much. I mean, I when it first came out, I think it was at. Hornets minus five and a half or six or something. Are you looking at the lineups? Can you name? I am. Okay, I was going to say, can you well, name the, the San Antonio Spurs starting point guard? Tonight, no. I know Trey Jones is out. It's Malachi I, Branham. I watch probably three or four games of basketball a night. Granted, almost never San Antonio because of shit like this. Never heard of this kid before in my life. I have no idea who he is. 19 yeah. years old. All right. I don't know. Yeah, so I I know who he is because I've watched a few of these Spurs games lately because they've been so bad, um, and I've actually been looking for a, an opportunity to take them, and I I'm not sure this is it. I mean, they're going into Cleveland or excuse me Charlotte the last night before a uh, All Star break. I mean, they, this could just be a coast. Charlotte should win this. I think they should win it by more than seven. I would play them that way, but I'm not. I'm not touching the game. It's just not not worth it. According to pregame.com, the line open Hornets favored five, two-thirds of the money, or two-thirds of the bets are on the Spurs, and the Hornets are now up to minus seven. So it's like one of those public dogs get slaughtered type thing. 
Uh-huh. That's like the gambling betting market analysis aspect of yeah, this game. Right. Yeah. I just don't think you want to get ever into a, a market where with the Hornets, where they're not getting points. They're just, you know, yeah. Laying three possessions with the Charlotte Hornets is an easy way to make sure you go broke in the NBA. Yeah. Even with the better team and they do have the better team. I mean, there's, there's not really a question there, but, uh, there's so much more value in team Greek freaks to win the skill competition than there is Charlotte Hornets as a favorite. <laughs> Yeah, and especially at plus four fifty or whatever it was. For the record, uh, Charlotte as home favorites are two five or two and five, and have a margin of victory of negative four point six when they are the home favorite. So, (laughs) yeah, doesn't doesn't bode well for them tonight. Well, you asked me about the second game that we're going to talk about here last night, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard tip-off between your Chicago Bulls visiting the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers are up to three-point favorites, totals at 231.5. I was on the wrong side of this game, and I feel like a podcast you joined me for. Maybe not. Maybe it was a solo podcast, but I took the Bulls playing the Pacers without Halliburton. They were up 16 after the first half and ended up giving away the game really embarrassingly. DeMar DeRozan was unbelievable in that game, scored 30-plus points on 67% shooting. Zach Levine just pissed down his leg to end the game and was a big reason why the Bulls lost. Now the Bulls are missing DeMar DeRozan. They also could be without Alex Caruso. Um, They're out without Javante Green as well. I don't know how long long he's actually been injured. And Indiana's at least got Halliburton back. Miles Turner's questionable to play. I, for kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of suggesting this, but I'm uh, officially saying this is a pass for me. What are are your thoughts? Uh, So this is the only game I did bet so far today. Beautiful. Is uh, I took the Pacers minus two and a half. It's up to three now, but um, I I don't know, man. I I'm a Bulls fan. I'm a Bulls guy. I live in Chicago. Uh, they just look terrible, and without DeRozan, like maybe that helps them, but they also might be missing Caruso tonight, and that will really hurt their defense. Um, you know, Halliburton should be able to get pretty much whatever he wants against anybody. If if Turner doesn't play, this could be a bad look for me, but I actually think right now the Pacers are a better team than the Bulls. And you've got some pretty big question marks on what's going on with the Bulls right now. They have nothing consistent on offense. They have Zach Levine basically just trying to score every time he touches the ball. He's not really passing. Vucevic, they keep saying they want to get him involved, and then when he does play, like, you know, he, he's been good with, like, PRA and stuff like that, but it, it's not really converting to any kind of uh, winning for them. Uh, he's had a double-double in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight games. Um, guy's like fucking foreign Carl Anthony Towns. His yeah, numbers I mean, are such he, bullshit. Yeah, he's just... I don't know. He's. I think he's actually like fourth in the NBA in rebounding right now, which is kind of weird to me. It does just. It doesn't seem like it's translating to anything good for the Bulls, though. 
And yeah, the Bulls are like a team full of just like players with empty stats. Yeah. So if the game is close, the Bulls have been absolutely terrible in close games this year. I mean, they and and you're not going to have DeRozan, and even if you did, he was been hurt. But you're not going to have him to kind of take those shots that anybody else can get. If Levine's on, yeah, they could beat the Pacers, I guess. But I think there's just too many things pointing right now to the Pacers being the right side. And the other part is the Bulls play tomorrow night at home against Milwaukee on a nationally televised game. So how much do they really care about this one-off Pacers game when they just lost the Magic in a one-off game? And they know that they're going to need the energy tomorrow night so they don't get completely embarrassed on a national televised game. So to me, this is not a good spot for them. I think this is kind of like a scheduled loss. And uh, I like the Pacers. I'd take them at the minus three for your podcast, like record or whatever, but um, I got it at two and a half. That still might be out there at some places. I don't know. Wow. All right. So you said schedule loss, and I fucking love that term. Whenever someone brings that up in a gambling conversation, like, oh, this guy, this guy or gal did their research. And I respect that. And I respect the F out of a schedule loss. Well, then I'm going to just keep saying schedule loss. Yeah. Did you get me on every one of your bets with that? (laughs) Love that. Schedule loss. Looking at the injury report, Caruso's questionable. DeMar DeRozan is out. Javante Green is out. Derek Jones is out. Here is the leaders for the Chicago Bulls by on-off net rating and non-garbage time according to cleaningtheglass.com. Number one is Alex Caruso. Number two is DeMar DeRozan. Number three is Derek Jones. And number four is Javante Green. Mm -hmm. So those absences could mean a lot. And I'll tell you what, here's another thing. I'm on your side, not just because of the schedule loss, which again, I love, but it's because the last time you were on the podcast, I went one and three. And the only one that I got was that Bucks game that you mostly talked me into. So I'm going to go with you here on this one. I have three plays, but I'm, I'm, I'm now doing a fourth here. I'm going to take the Pacers because my only pushback on this when we were talking about it, and I didn't even like say this when I was introing the game for you, is it just feels like the Pacers should be more of a favorite. But they actually have a worse record than the Bulls. The Bulls were a playoff team last year. The Bulls are a more popular team. And outside of Halliburton, who a lot of people I think would be like considered, like if they're looking at the the two starting starting fives, they're going to see Levine, they're going to see Halliburton. Like, oh, they cancel each other out. When in fact, Halliburton's a much, much better basketball player than Levine. Mm -hmm. And if Halliburton's going against DeSumo, who I kind of like, and Kobe White, who I hate, then he's going to light those dudes up. (laughs) So I guess what I'm getting at is all my pushback this morning was just more me just being afraid because it was like the Pacers beat them embarrassingly the last time without Halliburton. It's only minus two and a half when we're talking about it. Now it's up to three, and it's like, ah, it just feels feels like a trap. But if that's my only thought, it doesn't my only pushback that doesn't supersede your, your sharp and strong analysis. I actually, I, I like your point. So I'm, I'm going with you here. Let's, let's lock it in as a David and Jeff Eiffel tower play minus three. Indiana I like Pacers. it. Let's get them. All right. High five over the, the Chicago bulls, uh, New York Knicks next game here on the, on the docket. 
New York Knicks, 7.30 tip-off with the Atlanta Hawks. I'm a Knicks fan. I hate the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks are now three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, total is at 233. I'm I'm not playing either side of this. Um, I, I have, like, this whole thing where I can't bet against my team, so I try not to bet on my team. And I can't even be objective about it because I just don't like how Trey Young goes about playing the sport. I, I, I really I can't stand that guy. And the fact that there's these rumors that he's unhappy with the Hawks organization is such an effing joke because they've bent over backwards to make his situation good for him. They got DeJounte Murray with the thinking of like, well, hopefully DeJounte Murray does some of the things Trey Young doesn't want to do and he makes him he makes his life easier. John Collins, who I think is a pretty good basketball player, has been on the trade market for like three years now. I, I, I frankly just don't, I don't get it. I don't get the whole Trey Young thing. I don't get the fascination buying it. But that was my feeling when they, when they beat the Knicks in the playoffs a couple of years ago. And he, he was honestly great. And I can't even hate on that. Um, between Brunson and Trey Young, give me Jalen Brunson you know, seven days out of the week. I, I don't even know that I, I just butchered that saying, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at here. I love Jalen Brunson and I'm, I'm a St. John's graduate. Brunson went to Villanova. Like I've watched this kid his whole career and I've hated him for most of it, <laughs> you know? So it's just like, I, I just like his brand of basketball better. Um, from a, I will say from like a basketball matchup perspective, this is this was the big reason why I was afraid of Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks as a Knicks fan. A couple of years ago, I'm afraid of them in this spot. This is the most random thing, but Clint Capella is such a pain in the ass. He takes up so much space, such a good rim protector, and if you can clog the interior against Julius Randle, it's really it can be tough for him to score. He sometimes will settle for contested twos. He's been hitting those at a higher volume this year, but it's just not good offense. And the same kind of goes for Jalen Brunson. I think Jalen Brunson can can get to the rack even with Clint Capella out there, but still Clint Capella and him playing in this game just has me concerned. Um, I'm not playing it. What do you like, if anything, in this game? Uh, so... I, I'm with you on Trey Young. I can't stand the guy. Um, and I'm not really sure why other than maybe like I feel like everybody in the world thinks that he's a three-point shooter, and he's not. Like he's not a good three-point shooter. And It's because he's aided. Seems, it, most of his game is based on manipulating the officials, and it's not based on actually being able to get his own offense off. It's fucking it's – a, it's a horse shit hack. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah. Like – Honestly, who's a better basketball player? Close your eyes. Drew Holiday or Trey Young? And most of the casual fans make, oh, Trey Young. Bullshit. Bullshit. There's no way Trey Young is better at basketball than Drew Holiday. I, I do wonder what Trey Young would look like if he wasn't a primary player on a team, only because, like, I feel like he's kind of like Kevin Love, right? When when Love was on uh, Minnesota. Great he put up all these stats, and he, you know, he did great. And I'm not saying Love was a bad basketball player, and I don't think Young is a bad basketball player. I just don't think he's as good as everyone says he is. But, you know, when Love went to Cleveland, everybody was like really disappointed. I was like, well, he's getting a bunch of empty stats in Minnesota, where he's the best player, and he literally has to do everything. I mean, right. if if you're a if you're in like men's leagues, 
one league, if you're not the primary player, you're going to play a lot different than, than if you are. I mean, because you have to do more things, you have to score more, you have to shoot more or whatever. Sometimes you got to rebound more. So that that's the kind of stuff that like people still need to realize is still true in the NBA. You're, you're going to have a different role no matter what team you're on. And I, you know, with Trey Young, I just, I don't know. I'm not convinced personally that he's going to ever lead them anywhere. They got really lucky when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals that one year. And you've seen since they look like they're, I mean, they're terrible. They're just not a very good basketball team. But um, this is unrelated, too. I also thought the Warriors should have went for John Collins if they could have got him in any possible way in that uh, that trade. I just thought that he'd be a good fit for their team overall, even if it was like a one-year rental. Um instead of, you know, going after Gary Payton Jr. or whatever. But the money may not have worked out or anything. I haven't looked at it. I just thought he would be a really good fit for, for the Warriors and what the Warriors try and do. But as far as this game, man, I, I don't have uh, too much on it. The only thing I initially thought was maybe uh, DeJounte Murray over his uh, PRA, which is 31 and a half right now. Kind of like that look. Um He's basically averaging that right now uh, against the Knicks earlier. He had 29 points by, you know, in in the uh, most recent game that they had at home. Uh, I don't know if Trey was playing in that one or not. Let me see. Trey was in that one. So was Capella. Um, so this, this might be a look that I, I like head towards the, uh, when they were at New York, he only had four points, but it was in, or two points in four minutes, so he got injured in that one. Uh, and then he had 36 points the first time they played New York. So I'm thinking his PRA should be a little bit higher than 31 and a half. So I probably am going to also play that now that I'm looking into it further. But uh, you know, I, I I bring a lot of this stuff up, and then I I take a lot more time afterwards. But that's the way I'm looking at it for this one. All right. Uh, my last note on the Knicks, though, is I do, th- I do think that Josh Hart pickup was a sneaky big pickup, just in the sense that it it boosts the team morale. Like he's the perfect guy for Tom Thibodeau, and like him and Jalen Brunson play together in college, and he adds depth to the Knicks, and I think it could be a factor in this matchup because I just look at the Hawks as like a finesse team, and like Josh Hart, as corny as it sounds, because. I, I I honestly couldn't stand Josh Hart. He was like the reverse Terry Rozier for me, where every time I bet on him, he just shit his pants. But he's a Nick now, and I, I look at Atlanta as a finesse team. I think he's going to come out there and play like 110%, and they're just, I don't know. I, I, Josh Hart's not a reason to bet any team. <laughs> but Well, I'm you also got to remember he's replacing Cam Reddish, too, who Thibodeau refused to use. Yeah, so, and, and Atlanta refused to use. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's true. There you go. Uh, next, it's already better. Absolutely. Is that all we got there? Yeah, that's it for me. Next game: Pistons at the Boston Celtics. Pistons are twelve and a half point favorites. Over under is two twenty seven. That's actually heading north, and I agree with that line movement. The uh, Pistons. Um, or the Celtics get back get back uh, Marcus Smart for this game, and it looks like Jason Tatum's in the play, but Jalen Brown is ruled out. 
Um, I can't. I mean, I've lost too much money betting the Pistons. I bet them preseason to have more than 33 wins. That's obviously not going to happen because of the injury of Cade Cunningham, and they were, weren't playing great out the gate anyways. My only look would be towards the over, but it's moved two and a half points, so I'd be getting to the line a little bit late here. But Detroit does kind of pick up the pace sometimes. It will chuck threes, and if Boston's hitting threes, and we know how much Boston likes to chuck threes, Detroit might do so also just to like kind of keep up. And they're also oddly really good at getting to the free throw line, the Detroit Pistons. Their free throw attempt rate is second in the league behind the Mavericks. Um, and, and depending on how you sort it, there's a free throw attempt rate, and then there's an offensive free throw per field goal attempt rate, both on basketball reference. They're second in both, one behind the Mavericks and one behind the 76ers. So they're oddly good at getting to the free throw line, and they're the third worst team at defensive free throw attempt rate. So there could be a lot of easy points. I'm more or less stalling here because I'm trying to get to where the referee assignments are. And it looks like there's the three referees have a combined over-under record of um, quick math, quick math. It'd be 11 games over 500 towards the over. So oh. that's that's kind of my my uh, my quick analysis here on this game. That's all I got, though. What do you think? I I actually liked the Pistons before the Celtics announced that Marcus Smart was going to be playing and uh, Tatum and Horford and all that stuff. It, for me now, it's just kind of a layoff. I, I do think the Pistons probably still can cover. I mean, the Celtics played in overtime last night in Milwaukee, so a lot of their role players are going to be pretty tired because they had to play additional minutes. Uh, I did find out Derek White, he stayed with – or he stayed in Milwaukee to see an ear specialist, and then he went to the game, so he should be there tonight still. So, I, I don't know. I'd only look at Pistons covering it, but it's not something I'm going to play. Yeah, well, let's see what the betting splits are. If there's more money on the under, because everyone's just like, well, Pistons suck. Boston's got a good defense. Maybe that'll be a reason for me to get on the over, because I do like the over. Um, Looks like there's money on the over, and the line has moved under. <laughs> yeah, <So>. which, is, <laughs> which isn't consistent with what I'm seeing. You're looking at pregame.com, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I am. So I'm on the uh, so I have so many different tabs, dude. I have RotoWire NBA lineups up, and they also have the spread mm. down there. They have the spread still as Boston minus seven and a half over under twenty four and a half. So that's where it yeah. was when before Marcus Smart was officially activated. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go to team rankings, which is one of the thirty other tabs I have open to kind of break the tie here. What did the the it opened at eight and a half. Um, Boston opened at uh, eight and a half. The total for RotoWire opened at 24, 224 and a half. And for team rankings, it is it opened at 227. So it's moving up. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just fucking making a word salad over here. Don't mind me. All right. What you, <laughs> I, 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 we can move on to the next game if you're down with that. Yeah. All right. Um, Heat 
are getting a point. They're minus 105 in Brooklyn playing the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the total is 211.5. I'm on the Heat. I gave it out as a written play. Um, and it's because like Jimmy Butler is going to play in this game. The guy is trying to not be in the All-Star game, the All-Star weekend. He actually wants a vacation. So I think he's just going to play and take his vacation. And they just lost the Miami Heat in their previous game against the Nuggets. Um, so I think they kind of want to end. This is their final game for the All-Star break. My analysis is that they want to end on a winning streak, or excuse me, on a, on a winning note. They have Bam Adebayo in the projected starting five and Jimmy Butler. And as long as they have those guys, both their half-court defense and offense is going to be okay against this newly formed Brooklyn team. And given the fact that it's a low spread, coin flip price, low total, the market is saying there's at least a 50% chance that this game gets into crunch time, if not better. Like, they're expecting a crunch time clutch game. And if that's the case, give me Jimmy Butler in the heat to figure out a way to close this game out. I know it's simple. It, I'm, I'm assuming if you have the splits in front of you, you can probably confirm this. I'm assuming most of the money, most of the bets are on the Miami Heat, right? Makes sense. But I'm going to do it anyways. I'm taking the heat. They're going to be missing Tyler Hero. That's scary. They're missing Kyle Lowry. That's addition by subtraction, actually. Um, It's the Miami Heat. They're always injured. They're going to have like three G League players in. We know that. That's kind of just what they do. And yet they're, what, seven games above 500 or some shit? No one can figure out how they win. They just... They they just figure these games out, grind them down. You know, their whole heat culture bullshit. And that's kind of what I'm going with. It's just like they're going to want to win to end the first half of the of the season. And this is a Brooklyn team that they're four starters. Nick Claxton, Cameron Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, um, and Dorian Finney-Smith all need a point guard to get them looks. Spencer Dinwiddie is a, he is a scorer. That's all that guy can do. He is a he is to me a awesome six man. Like just come in play twenty minutes, and every time the ball hits your hands, if you either shoot or you get rid of it fast. Like that's all you're doing, dude. So I don't know. I don't think I don't think those guys are gonna be. I don't think they're gonna have a good game not getting easy shots against a Miami defense that is nasty. That's that's my piece. What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't really have any on this game, to be honest with you. I, I think you make a good point about Miami. Um, I think Brooklyn is one of those teams that I'm I'm not sure I really know what they're thinking right now. If you know, Some of them, if you listen to some of their players, like are talking about how everybody's like a big role player and they could be a good team and you know get to the playoffs and all this stuff. And I think they're kind of right about that. Like they they do have a, a lot of solid players that, if it all works out and kind of they mesh together, that's fine. But I don't know who would take like, you know, a game winning shot. So to your point, in crunch time, the Heat have Butler, and he is far superior to anybody on the Nets. I think he's good enough, you know, uh, to be prob- probably one of the top five players in the NBA in the last two minutes, like of a game, 
even maybe even the fourth quarter. Like you know, those are he's one of those guys that you want playing for your team. Um, I don't know. This one just for for whatever reason, like this just seems like one of those spots where Miami's like, ah, we don't care. It's the last game before the All Star break. I'm gonna just call it a day. It's not, it's not a big deal, and that's the only reason. Like I just I kind of threw this one out. So yeah, along was, with my. my opinion. No, I, I hear you. Along with my um, pick when my in my written column for this, uh, which included this game, I said a betting strategy. I added this after the pick. Wait until Miami's final injury report is released. There is at least a thirty percent chance Butler could start his All Star break early. You know, so it's like yeah. one of those things where this line's not going to move regardless of what the that much when the final injury reports are announced. Mm-hmm. I just think like if Jimmy Butler plays, then all right, they're gonna win. Like that, it's kind of that simple, right? Because yeah, again, I don't like who's getting their own shot outside of Dinwiddie, and if it's like Kayla Martin, Jimmy Butler, and Adebayo all looking at him, like all right, go ahead, dude, score. Good luck, man. Yeah, and I I made a mistake the other day. I bet on Bridges for over his point total because he was he was playing really well, and then. It like as I was like going through it again, I was like, you know what? I don't know enough about what Brooklyn is trying to do offensively with this team. Like it seems like they're trying to figure out who is going to start scoring, and Dinwiddie is is your guy, and he has a kind of a low point total, so it's only at eighteen and a half. And I get the Heat are a good team, but it seems like you know who if somebody's going to score for the Nets, it's got to be him, right? Like who else could possibly be scoring for them? Right, Cam, yeah. Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson is twelve and a half. That's pretty low too. But he just um, doesn't get his own offense. That's the thing. Bridges, in a like he'll he'll get buckets in transition or off of like loose balls, deflections. But like he's not breaking dudes down off the dribble. Cameron right. Johnson's not doing that. Dorian Finney-Smith isn't doing that. And when they try, it's like, pff, all right, beautiful. Like the defense thing. Like great possession. Like, go ahead, dude. Try to score, especially in situations against Miami's defense. And to your earlier point, like the whole they have a bunch of role players, a, a bunch of like above average role players, could work if this team had more continuity and didn't have a rookie head coach. But it's like them getting put together at the trade deadline after the year the Nets have went through is kind of like I don't. I mean. On paper, these players are good, but come on, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, you're talking about four of their five starters. Well, actually, I guess all of the five starters. But you had Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson both playing with Booker before. <laughs> they played against league. each other in the, in the right. Western Conference Finals. Right, but it, my what I'm saying is Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith were playing with Luca before this. Claxton was playing with Kyrie and Durant, and now you're playing with each other as like a bunch of role players. It's kind of like, what, what's your mood there? Is it like, well, the season's over or is it, no, we need to prove that like we're, we're better than all of this or whatever. Like, and like they all literally got traded for the same reasons. Cause Oh, we need ISO scores and you guys can't do that. Right. And that's kind of what I'm saying. That's why it's like, who the hell is going to score in crunch time? You're saying it's a low scoring, like, you know, a, a couple possession game. Like, all right, well, uh, Jimmy Butler will get to the line at least. Yep. All right, probably beating a dead horse. Uh, 
Cavaliers at the 76ers. One, uh, is, the slate's actually pretty good, honestly. Cavaliers yeah. are, where is it? Uh, one and a half point favorites now in Philly. I guess as we're recording, some news happened with Joel Embiid. I'm assuming he's sitting based on this, actually. Uh, Cavaliers minus 120. I've bet the 76ers with Embiid not on the injury report. After I bet him, Embiid has been upgraded to questionable and then eventually ruled out of the game. I think this happened to me twice, and I think I've won both games. So, like, I'm not going to bet against the 76ers in this spot because they're not having Embiid. That's the that's the game that Tobias Harris actually shows up in. Maxi shows up in. And I'm just set with my pass here. Do you have anything on this game? So, I, I kind of like Philly as well. Um, I will not bet this one just because I think it's one of those games that could go either way, in fairness. Uh, both teams are playing fairly well. Um but I think you do have kind of an edge. You got 76ers at home, which is a great spot. Cleveland is 13 and 16 away overall. And now you're, all you're doing is asking Philly to win this one. Uh, Philly's been at home for two games or for one game before this. You got the all-star break next. Uh, Embiid, I don't see anything, any news about him. That's why I was wondering myself, but um he played in the last game. He's played in the last like 10 games, even with the same designation of being questionable and everything. So I don't know why he would sit out of this one. The Cavs are on a nice little winning streak right now. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure why the line is moving towards Cleveland. So kind of furiously, cause it opened at like three and now Cleveland, Cleveland is favorites. Um, it has to be so, Embiid news that the market has before the, the beat reporters. That's I, I can, the only explanation, right? Yeah, I, I don't really know what else would be the reason. Um, I mean, even if yeah, you think I, the Cavaliers are a better team on a neutral floor, it's not on a neutral floor. And they're certainly right. not better in Philly. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think Cleveland is better. This, this is the type of game that Philly usually tries to get up for right i mean yeah and bead versus a, a a center who who's good defensively and that's when i'll be and yeah. like oh i'm gonna kill this guy yeah i don't know i mean i i think i'll probably just sit back and enjoy this one because i think there's just too much stuff right now to risk for me all right um next game here let's go with the i think it's a utah jazz at the grizzlies grizzlies up to 10 point favorites I'm usually not in the business of laying double digits in an NBA regular season, especially with this Grizzlies team that has kind of gone through it recently since Steven Adams been injured. Um, they're limping down the stretch here of the f- first half, uh, the end of the first half here. And the, the Jazz, have, you know, they keep covering numbers. They keep being feisty. And from my perspective, they show up and bite me in the ass when I'm least expecting it. I bet the Raptors against them the other, you know, last time you were on, Raptors were the right side for three quarters. <laughs> the Jazz smacked yep. them 39-20 in that game. It's yep. like, that's kind of, that's happened to me more times than not when I've bet against the Jazz, and I'm kind of scarred by them, to be honest. And them not having, like, a single player to focus on, I think kind of helps in this matchup against the Grizzlies. 
Um, but I don't, I don't like him. I don't like him enough to take 10. So I'm just going to pass this officially. I got to yeah, get better in a player props. This might be a better player props game. What, what do you think? Game side, total player props, anything. I would agree with you. I think this is a spot for player props more than anything. I don't think either team is going to play all that much defense. Um, with the exception of Jaron Jackson Jr., of course. Um, but, yeah, to me, like, I'm not laying 10 with the Grizzlies even at home, and I'm not taking 10 with the Jazz on the road against the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have just been one of those teams that this year, like, I feel like I have a good feeling on them, and then all of a sudden they blow it. Like, I thought that they were going to beat the Warriors on Christmas. I thought that they were going to uh, destroy the Suns on martin luther king jr day like and they eventually did but i thought they were going to come out with a lot more energy i mean there's there's just been a lot of times this year where it's like these have been spots that are good for the grizzlies and they aren't winning them um i would say maybe look you know if you if you want to look at like a quarter bet here you probably could take the grizzlies minus three and a half in the third um and the reason i say that is because if it comes out that the jazz actually like play hard in the first half the grizzlies will probably put them away pretty easily in the second that's kind of what's been happening with them at home on on games where they come out slow i feel like this might be one of those games just it's just a feeling more than anything um and the grizzlies are good third quarter team so i that's about the only reason i I would say it but that's all i have for this I, i just i'm not playing it one way or the other it's just one look that i was throwing out there Beautiful assignment harp on it then. I have two looks in th- in the three games we have remaining. Another game I don't want to spend much time on. Rockets at Thunder. Rockets getting 10 points. Their last victory was against the Thunder back on February 1st, two weeks ago. They beat them 112-106. The Thunder got revenge three nights later by just dismantling Houston beating them 153 to 121 despite Oklahoma City losing three days prior they were 10 and a half point favorites in that game and again easily covered with a 32 point win I just said how I wouldn't lay I'm not in the business laying double digits um, and that was with a winning team that point remains true here with OKC that's a losing team but if I were to go either which way, it would it would be OKC just because I believe they're trying to win games, and I I, I don't I don't believe the Houston Rockets. I almost call them the Texans, but nah, eh, whatever. <laughs> Neither are trying to win games this year, and uh, for this particular conversation, the Rockets are definitely not trying. So I'm passing here. Um, can you talk me or the listeners into a side total or player prop in this game? Uh, I really don't have much in this game. We can just move on for the sake of time. I, I just wouldn't play it either way. It's possible the Rockets could cover, and it's also possible the Thunder could blow them out again. All right, so we're having internet issues, and I just think it's because Zoom doesn't want to hear us talk about Rockets Thunder anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that we could go- be what it is. <laughs> Truth be told, we've frozen a couple times, but you got David's response, and you got all my bullshit, so we can just move on to the next game. And I have picks in the next two games both of which are more interesting the Rockets Thunder Mavericks getting four and a half points at the Denver Nuggets totals 234 I don't even know why I mentioned the total because I don't have a bet on it um, but I am betting the Nuggets minus four and a half 
I ha- I locked in a play that I wrote this morning um, minus five. So that's just what I'll play it against. I'll lose the half point. Um, and I I even told listeners to just bet it ASAP because I would rather get it at five than get it at seven if Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon play. I, it would. It would seem as though it's trending towards them not playing. That's why the number is getting cheaper for Denver. But I'm taking Denver anyways because, as I told you uh, earlier this morning, David, Dallas just has no defense. And regardless of who's coming in to play a guard or the backup power forward for Denver, they're going to be able to do stuff offensively against Dallas who just can't guard anyone. Um, Bruce Brown, Bruce, Bruce Brown, excuse me, is a combo guard scoring wing that I kind of like. I think Michael Porter Jr., Contavious Caldwell Pope are just going to get wide open looks because of, because of Nikola Jokic just dominating Dwight Powell. Um, Dallas also has their own injury concerns and it's to two wings, Tim Hardaway, Reggie Bullock, one of which is important defensively the other is another scoring threat and then they're also without Christian Wood who I don't know he his game frustrates me sometimes but he does do things for the Mavericks and he does have nice games here or there obviously there's a threat of Luka and Kyrie tearing up Denver's bad defense but Dallas's defense is equally as bad and Denver just lights up bad defenses at home um according to cleaningtheglass.com Denver is a 11 and two straight up versus bottom 10 defenses at home. They have a plus 13 non-garbage time net rating and a plus 2.8 ATS margin. So the, the, the gist of my analysis here for this game is just Denver is going to be able to score regardless of who's out there. And I'll take Jokic at home against Dallas and They've given up 126 points in their first two games of Luka and Kyrie on the floor. Neither one of these guys are going to play defense. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I think it's a good look. Um, part of the reason the total or the spread came down a little bit too is because Kyrie officially got ruled in to playing. There was some question that he might not, uh, but he, he looks like he's going to be good to go. This is a bad spot for Dallas. So I, I agree with you. I think this is the right side for the Nuggets. Um, and at four and a half, it's really not even that high of a spread for them to have to cover. But uh, if you look at the Mavericks, so they were in California for the 10th and the 11th, and then the 13th, they came home for one game against Minnesota. They lost that one, and now they're back on the road in Denver in altitude on the road before the All-Star break. It's not ideal. Uh, Nuggets also, you know, have uh, have just come back from Miami a couple days ago, um, so it's it's not like they've had kind of a sustained home trip or a home stand or anything like that. But at least like Jokic, for example, just has to go to Utah for the All Star game after this, so um, you know he doesn't have to think about too much travel or any of that stuff. I think the Nuggets are the right side. Is there I'm not more sure of a lock? Get there or not. Is there a more of a lock currently in the NBA than Jokic playing a good game? No. When, when because, has he played a bad game? Right. Well, and I was actually going to bring that up. Uh, Jokic is minus 110 to get a triple-double tonight. 
when's the last time somebody was minus 110 other than Russell Westbrook? For sure. And I mean, I don't even remember how often Westbrook was, but um, he has not gotten a triple-double in two of his last three games. I'm guessing he's going to come home and be like, nah, I think I'll just get my triple-double tonight before the end of the the se- the uh, the I was going to say the first half of the season, but before the All-Star break. Um, I don't know, man. I, the only thing that kind of concerns me a little bit on this one is just like, Luca and Kyrie could go off at any time and that's scoring. I'm not sure that the nuggets really have anything that can stop their scoring. Even in the, like the last two, I think the Mavericks won two out of the three games against the nuggets this year. Yeah, they have. Um, DeAndre Jordan played in two of them. Did Oh, Jokic wasn't out there for those two. He actually, DeAndre Jordan played in one of their wins. The Denver Nuggets beat the Dallas Mavericks earlier this year without, mm-hmm. I think, without Murray, without Jokic, and without Gordon. I think they're missing all three of those guys, and they still won. <laughs> well, the, yeah, that's that's on the stupid uh, NBA players that decide, ah, we don't really care because, you know, why bother being concerned about winning right now? Um, when we're not facing a good team. But, yeah, I'm looking at it now. You're right. That, uh, Jokic, Murray, and Gordon were both out, or we're all out for that game. Yeah, I don't think there's much to gather from look, re, looking at the previous three results that these yeah. teams have met this year. It's kind of like, all right, whatever. It's like, I, I just think Denver, I think they're going to be able to score out well, even even with missing players. And the fact that we're getting it cheaper, it's kind of, all right, cool, whatever, we'll see. Yeah, it, and neither one of these teams can really guard anybody. So I, I think that uh, the over probably is a good look. I'm not sure that I'll get there overall. Uh, first quarter might be a look, but uh, I'm not even set on that. So we can go on to the last game for this one. Yeah, as we were talking, I was was whining about the Nuggets being down to four and a half. They're now back up to five. So I think that's probably Hard- where it's going to settle at. Tim Hardaway Jr. just got uh, rolled out. Oh, nice. Hey, that's not insignificant. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, next game, final game, Pelicans at the Lakers, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard tip-off. Uh, I'll be in a bar watching this with a homie from in out of town. I'm I'm in a, I live in Long Beach, California. But I am betting against the hometown Lakers. Not, I'm not a Laker fan. Um, I'm taking the four with the Pelicans. I love Brandon Ingram. He's been averaging 30 points per game over his last five games. This dude's locked in. And the Pelicans are much better now that they have a legit go-to ISO score that can carry them over the finish line in, in tight games. And finally, their half-court offense is 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 back to being decent. Still, it could be better, but that'll... That'll uh, that'll happen once Zion Williamson returns to the lineup. Um, I just think there's probably a chance LeBron plays, so I'm going to wait until he's officially announced in, hoping that he's going to play because, frankly, I don't... I think it's going to take LeBron a little bit to gel with D'Angelo Russell and both those guys. Well, D'Angelo Russell has, like, the worst basketball IQ in the league. And between Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones, and just how aggressive New Orleans defense is, is going to be, I think they're going to be able to force turnovers from the Lakers, and I think their defense is, is going to carry them to a victory here. Um, 
uh, my official play is the Pelicans plus four, but I am going to sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Um, what are you thinking? I don't have a play in the game. Um, I would, I, I almost always would hope that LeBron doesn't play for them. Uh, I just think, you know, there are those games that he can take over whenever he wants, but I'm not sure why he would choose to play in this one after he sat out the last, what, three? Um, man, I mean, it's it's their last game, I think, before the All-Star break. I don't think they play tomorrow, but, uh, yeah, they don't. <clears throat> so, I don't know. It's a nationally televised one, though, again, so you could get LeBron in there. I agree with you. I think that uh, Brandon Ingram deserves a little bit more respect from people. He's a pretty talented scorer. Um He's kind of been forgotten. This could be, you know, he, he could circle some of these Laker matchups when he was traded for AD, you know. Um, I think AD should get pretty much whatever he wants in this game, though, as well. So, uh, you know, four seems like a fair. I think I'd rather be on the side that you're on taking the points. But um, Pelicans have been playing a little bit better lately, but I, I still am not sold that they got it all together. All right. So my bets are I'm taking the Pelicans plus four. I'm laying five with the Nuggets down to four and a half again. It's weird. I'm going to take the Miami Heat money line minus 105 at the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm I'm going with uh, the Pacers. I'm getting a two and a half, but I got to give it out at minus three because that's that's where it has – that's where what DraftKings has it as. But always shop around um, besides the Pacers, or is, is the Pacers you only look here tonight before you – I know you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna do some more research on the on the on the uh, games and then give out your picks on Twitter or, or through your uh, through your um, your operation. Sorry about that. I'm kind of like spacing out on what to call it. <laughs> I almost good, called yeah, it. No. Almost called it uh, your your um, your syndicate. But <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine too. I like it. Um, yeah, no, Pacers are my only official play uh, for this. The other ones that I kind of had. Um, if I have them on the top of my head, or would be uh, Dejounte Murray over thirty-one and a half points, rebounds, and assists, and then I, I probably will do something with this Denver game. I'm just not sure what exactly it's going to be. Either the total, or maybe just back Denver either first quarter or full game. I'm not not a hundred percent sure. I want to look into that one a little bit more. Um, but those are the ones that I've been looking at. And then Memphis third quarter might be a, a live in-game play. We'll see. All right, good shit. Thanks for connecting with me, homie, to talk about this. Um, maybe we gather at the end of the week and give our bets for the skills competition. Um, yeah. Either way, man, the internet issues were a real pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't come out in the recording or doesn't affect the, the recording, but I'm pretty good audio editor. We'll be all right here. There you uh, go. I like it. All right. Well, we're giving out several plays and analysis for all 10 games. Best of luck to you, homies, and I'll be talking to you, I don't know, next couple days. Peace.